0: Well, I am super nervous uh, to be up here today, so bear with me as I fumble through some of my words, hopefully not all of my words. Um, My name is Hunter Tibbs. I've got the privilege of working with students here in the Verde Valley. Um, A big shout out just to you guys for supporting our youth ministry, uh, ministry here. Um, for the last about two weeks, two different camps, we got to spend um, our time at summer camps and eight of our students accepted Christ for the very first time. Would you give it up for them? Yeah. My prayer today is, is one of our goals as a, as a church is just to help you from wherever you are to where God wants you to be. So before I get started, um, would you throw up the slide of our title today? We are in a series, series, today's the only day, uh, called The Land Between. Sorry, I'm so used to being here. Uh, The Land Between. Uh, A lot of today's lesson is based off a book that I was given to in high school. It's called The Land Between, Finding God in Difficult Transitions. And so before we get started, we've got to understand what The Land Between is. Uh, By definition, the land between is where life is not as it once was and where the future is in question. For example, it's a difficult transition. I think a lot of us went through COVID. Uh, I think others of us have had cancer, a loss of a job, a loss of a spouse, just for a few examples. It's a new chapter in your life. It's a sentence that changes everything. How do you know if you've been in the land between? Um, if you've ever uh, cried and had no tears left, you may have been in the land between. If you've ever prayed and had no words left to say, you may have been in the land between. If you followed after God and seems like there is nowhere else to go, you may have been in the land between. Once again, I say the land between is where life is not as it once was and where the future is in question. We see this in the people of God. We're going to be talking about the Israelites quite a bit today. Um, They left uh, Egypt and entered into their time in their desert, in this time of the wilderness, in their time of the land between, on their way to the promised land. The subject is uh, unfortunately not an easy conversation, as a lot of us have spent time in the land between. A lot of us have have struggled uh, in our life, have, have deep wounds that are still fresh. I'm not intending to cause more pain today, uh, but my prayer is that through conversations, especially that, after, that follow after today's lesson, that healing and faith would begin to flourish where it may have died. Uh, if you guys don't mind, I would actually kind of like to share a little bit of my land between, my uh, difficult transition... Um, I grew up in the church. Uh, my dad was a head pastor, so I was a PK. And through elementary and through junior high and through my early stages of, of high school, um, I had come to know and establish a relationship with God. Um, especially my freshman and sophomore year, I was just on fire for God. I was like, God, I will do anything for you. I remember uh, a prayer that I had prayed that was like, God, just make me uncomfortable. I'm sorry, mom and dad. After a sequence of events and after this prayer, we ended up moving um, from our church in Pennsylvania to a church in Illinois. My dad, an awesome man, Happy Father's Day, um, just ended... Uh, 14 years as a head pastor in Pennsylvania and a previous 15 years in Kentucky. This was kind of our last hurrah, Dad, you know, our plan was we're going to be here for another 10, 15 years and my dad will retire. But this is where I entered into my land between. About nine months after moving to Illinois, um, I remember the evening as my dad uh, received an email from one of the board members uh, it turned out to be blackmail. I remember um, driving with my dad, uh, confused and, and upset and bitter towards the church as, as we loaded everything from the office that had to be out that night. I remember loading into the back of the truck and sitting there in the back of the truck as the view of the church became a distant object. We were forced out of the church with no say in the matter. In just a few hours, the life that we left in Pennsylvania was not only gone, but the life that we were beginning to create in Illinois was gone as well. You can imagine the land between my parents had entered into. After almost 30 years of ministry, the betrayal, the frustration, the confusion, the chaos, and for the first time in a long time, wondering where their next paycheck was coming from. For me as well, I entered into this land between, I was bitter and, and I was frustrated at the church and, and I, was, I was really hoping that when I graduated high school, things would be different, I'd be out of the land between, but it actually continued for me for the next few years through all of college. I found myself being bitter at God and being bitter at the church. Um, I don't remember uh, too many phone calls in my life, but I remember receiving a phone call from my mom. I had just gotten off the field at college after a game, and um, my mom was on the other side of the line, but she wasn't her uh, awesome, peppy, happy self. She was fumbling for words as she described and, and told me and informed me that my dad had been diagnosed with cancer. I remember uh, phone calls and conversations over the next few months and the next few years of of conversations of of a close friend, one of my hunting buddies that had gotten diagnosed with cancer and had passed away, and a relative that had gotten diagnosed and had passed away. I remember the confusion of of, uh, possibly getting engaged, that the relationship was now completely over, and mind you, all of this without the church. It was a distant object for me. See, everything that I knew to be true, I grew up in the church. I, I grew up in this, in this, um, in this environment. I, everything I knew to be true, everything I knew to be good, everything I knew to be right, it was gone. It was just gone as I entered into this land between. See, for some of us today, it's a, it's a conversation that kind of drops into our life like an exploding bomb. Your position has been eliminated. I don't love you anymore. The tumor is malignant. Mom, Dad, I'm pregnant. There's been an accident. How soon can you get to the hospital? Your mother and I are getting a divorce. See, in a sentence, we are ripped from normality, and we find ourselves in a new world as if thrown from a moving vehicle into the world of unemployed. We are hurled into the land of suddenly single, into the valley of the grieving, the new vocabulary of chemotherapy or the weekly routine of nursing home visits. And as we find ourselves in this new terrain, we are left broken and simply and suddenly at a loss at how to navigate this land between For some of us, we enter in not through something uh, so sudden, but through the slow march of time. And yet, regardless of how we ended up here, the terrain is much the same. These difficult times, these difficult transitions, I firmly believe that the land between, don't miss this, it is fertile ground for our spiritual transformation, for God's grace to be revealed in magnificent ways. But, (laughs) rats, rats. While the land between is prime real estate for faith transformation, it is also the space where we can grow resentful, bitter, and caustic if our, if our responses are unguarded. If you're uh, not a note-taker, um, I would encourage you to become a note-taker. If you are, go ahead and get out those papers. Uh, point number one for you guys today, the wilderness where faith can thrive is the very desert where it can dry up and die. The land between can be profoundly confusing, but it also provides a space for God to do some of his deepest works. The land between is a difficult place. It's challenging and unfortunately, sometimes extremely long. Yet God intends us to emerge from this land radically reshaped. But while offering a greenhouse for growth... The land between can also be a desert where faith goes to die. You decide. Here's this really cool thing is your response will determine whether your journey through this barren place will result in spiritual life or spiritual death. You decide. So I have a question for you. Okay. Are you currently in or have you passed through the land between? Are you currently in or have you passed through the land between this difficult transition? I believe that this is an important question for all of us today. As for some of us, bitterness has taken hold of our life and caused our faith to die. Or we have allowed weeds in our life to grow up and entangle our faith. I've got an image of a tree that I'd like for you to see. So this looks just like our farm in Illinois. Um, I say that because we have these weeds as well. If you look at the base of this tree, you can see that a vine has actually grown up. kind of looks like a snake. I mean, uh, it's grown up. It's it's entangled, this tree. It's actually, um, if you look really closely, it's actually become like part of the tree. Um, For some of you that don't know me, I love anything outdoors. My dad actually named me Hunter, so he would have a hunter in the family. He got lucky, okay. I know that's not how it always works, but um, so I love hunting. I love fishing. I love anything outdoors. My parents have actually, I would say, have entered into their promised land. It's it's actually the farm here in Illinois. We have loved being a part of of just the space and this place that God has given to us. One of the things that we actually um, enjoy doing is just taking care of the farm. Uh, unfortunately, we're on a project right now of taking care of invasive species. It's where these weeds such as this or bushes or whatever it may be kind of invade the local area and take over kind of our spiritual life, our, our good things, our good plants that we have there. And so we're trying to walk around with weed clippers and kind of get everything out. Uh, you can see that this is a pretty small tree and that this tree has actually died Um But I've also seen this in in all different sizes of tree. Um, I've seen this happen in people's lives as well. People that have a firm foundation, a big oak tree. Okay, I understand we live in Cottonwood. Your oak trees are like this big. Okay, I'm talking like an actual oak tree. Okay, you got to use some imagination for me. So a big oak tree, I've seen it happen where this little vine, just like about this size, it grows up this tree. And it makes its way over over time all the way to the very tippy top of the tree. And once it reaches the very top, the vines begin to grow out and their own leaves begin to grow out. And the part of the tree becomes dead, wasted. The, The fruit, the leaves, whatever it may be, don't grow anymore. And over the years, if not kept up, it engulfs the tree and the tree itself dies. See, for some of us, we have allowed the transformative power of God to take hold, and our faith is stronger than ever. You have been clipping the weeds. For some of us, we are still in the land between the decisions that we have to make, the corrections, the forgiveness that we need to choose for ourselves. See, whether we want it to or not, the land between will transform our lives. For most of us, if not all of us in this room, we have been through this desert land, And I would like to encourage those that have made it through, those that their faith has flourished, I would encourage you not to be done yet with the land between. This is why. Because uh, one of our core statement here is don't do life alone. And I would encourage you to find somebody that you're doing life with, that if they're in the land between, that you would bring encouragement, that you would bring hope, that you would bring life, that you would bring water. And for some of us, would you please bring the weed cutters? There's a proverb that says something such as uh, time heals all wounds. I don't really agree with this statement, as there are things in our life that can cause us to become bitter. And far too often, we ignore our issues, we ignore the pain, we ignore the weeds, we hope things just get better. I want to say to you today that that is not what God has for us. Getting out of the land between is not as important as what we get out of the land between. Let me say that again. Getting out of the land between is not as important as what we get out of the land between. Today we're going to be talking about the Israelites and Moses as a leader. Um, We're going to be in the the book of Exodus uh, through the land between. We're going to pick up um, through scripture and we find uh, this miracle that God is performing. Um, A lot of you have heard it, but uh, God is speaking through a burning bush that is not being consumed And he says something such as this to Moses. I am Abraham's God. I am Isaac's God. I am Jacob's God. I chose them and called them and provided for them. Now I have chosen, called, and will provide for you. See Exodus 3. See, we see the Israelites, don't don't miss this word, being promised, okay? They are being promised to be led out of Egypt and into the promised land. While out of the the land of slavery and into the land of promise sounds like a quick trip. Unfortunately, for some of you that have read this, the amount of time was not specified through the desert, the wilderness, their land between. And as we are able to look back on the Israelites and their time in the land between, we find that this is one of the most pivotal parts of becoming the people of God. In their time in the desert, they were uh, handed uh, the Ten Commandments, one of their core covenants with God. We also see this tent where God dwells among them and moves with them. See, the desert is not intended to be their final destination, but rather the necessary middle space where they will be formed as a people and their relationship with God. The land between is to be a pivotal transformation for the Israelites. It is where they are to be transformed from the people of slavery into the people of God. For you today, your land between, I wanted to say that it is meant for you to be transformed from the people of slavery, of sin, into the people of God. Before I go on any further uh, with the Israelites, I've got, I've got a request, is would you and I just be open to this idea that through the land between, there is something that the God of the universe, something the God of his people want us to grow, grow through? Again, I say getting out of the land between is not as important as what we get out of the land between. There is something that we need to be transformed through. We shouldn't view the Israelites as some uh, mature followers of God, but that, uh, the that of people that are full of sin, full of complaint, full of frustration, and full of longing for the good old days. So as I continue, myself included, I ask that we not view ourselves as mature followers of Christ, but that of people that are full of sin, full of complaint, full of frustration, and full of longing for the good old days. See, through this time in the wilderness journey, we see this really cool thing about God. God uh, intends to manifest, manifest himself. God wants to reveal his presence. God wants to show his character. We see it throughout all of Exodus and into Numbers. And one of the ways that God um, provides during this time is through this substance called manna. We've got an inside joke in our office, and I'm dying inside right now. Because of the word manna, we're all good up here. According to Numbers eleven, um, manna is introduced and and it is explained to us. Um, the dew comes down in the evening and. Um, they gather it up. Um, they've, I feel like they've got like an Israelite cookbook of like how to make manna, what substance, you know, what to add to it, how to cook it. If you're tired of manna, try manna cakes because that's another great way to make manna, all right? They have been given this daily and they're kind of tired of this. But here's God. God is providing daily for them I kind of miss this. God is providing a daily food substance as if he were saying, I will be your God. You will be my people. Watch me, know me, and learn to trust me. But this has been a long journey. This is a land between for the Israelites. And through this time and through over time, a weed called complaint had begun to grow. In Numbers chapter 11, verses four and six says, if we only had meat to eat, we remember the fish we ate in Egypt at no cost. They kind of forgot that they were slaves. Let's skip down to verse 6. But now we have lost our appetite. We never see anything but this manna. See, this was more than just actual about actual food. Sure the manna is getting to them, but they are angry and bitter about their weary existence in the land between. My question to you today is are you angry? Are you bitter? Are you weary? In your time in the land between. So, what happens next? What happens after um, God's people experience the the powerful hand of God demonstrated through uh, the plagues of Egypt, after seeing the waters of the Red Sea part, after being delivered from Pharaoh's army, after experiencing God's daily provision in both food and water, mind you, in the desert? Their attitude towards God gets pretty ugly and ungrateful. But let's consider your and I's reactions for a moment. See, when we encounter rebellion like this in Scripture, it's easy for, our, uh, for us to set, our si- our, set ourselves to the side. It's, it's easy to view ourselves as superior. But for God's story to work, for Scripture to work, for the Bible to work, its intended transformation in our lives, we need to say, see ourselves as prone to the same weakness Capable of the same failings and tempted by the same sins. So, when is the last time you felt sick and tired? Are you sick and tired of living in your in law's basement? Are you sick and tired of being asked what line of work you're in but not really knowing how to answer it? Are you sick and tired of enduring wave after wave of medical uh, tests and never getting a clear diagnosis? Are you sick and tired of waiting for the depression to lift? Are you sick and tired of visiting a mother in a nursing home who doesn't know who you are? Are you sick and tired of the pain of miscarriage? Are you sick and tired of this manna? About four years ago, I moved to the desert. Cottonwood, okay? Um, We may think that nothing grows here. Nothing grows here, guys. Again, your trees They're like this tall. We live in the desert. Nothing grows here. But make no mistake, make no mistake, the land between this desert, it is fertile ground for complaint. It's fertile ground for sin. At face value, it doesn't seem like much of a crime, right? It doesn't seem like a big deal. But as uh, we read further into the story of the Israelites, we see that God takes the business of complaint very seriously. To God, the Israelites' complaint amount to rejection of Him. In Numbers chapter 11, verse 20 says, You have rejected the Lord who is among you, and you have wailed before him, saying, Why did we ever leave Egypt? They were not simply rejecting the food, they were rejecting their God. See, the Israelites lacked a compelling vision of the future. They didn't, they lacked vision. They forgot about their promise from God. This was just supposed to be a transition for them. They were going to the land full of milk and honey. For the season that you are in currently or have gone through, I want to say I'm sorry. For some of you that I know personally, I know that you have actually been born into the land between. This is a difficult time, this is a hard time. Yet, Do not lose sight of what God has for us in this life and next. Do not lose sight of God's promises. What they needed most in this season and what you and I desperately need is point number two, patient endurance. Patient endurance. See, patience, it is born out of, bel- out of a belief that God is good and that someday you will see his goodness, okay? Patience, born from a belief that God is good and you will someday see his goodness. Endurance is born out of a foundation of trust that you are deeply loved by the Father. But see, complaint, it is born out of this despairing belief that overcomes all there, e- all there is and all there ever will be complaint is anchored in the suspicion that God is not good. See, those who thrive in the land between, they share a belief that God's goodness will ultimately prevail and the desert will not be the end of them. For some of you in this room, I need you to hear this. God's goodness will ultimately prevail. The desert will not be the end of you if we want the transformative power of God's word in our life, we've got to ask ourselves some probing questions. Where do I do this? Where do I say in my life through sin that, God, I was better off without you? In Exodus 15, we see uh, uh, the Israelites are dramatically exited out of Egypt, and they enter into this wilderness. And only after a few days, it's the desert, uh, they find a lack of water And yet God provides water and God provides life. This new generation is placed in a situation where they are living the story of redemption firsthand. The next chapter, Exodus 16, we see that there is no food and again, manna is introduced. A pattern has begun to form, a crisis over a basic need. Mind you, it's food and water, right? I think I would grumble too. The people grumbled. And God provides. Yet again, in Exodus chapter 17, we see the people need water. Don't miss this. See, God's intent is to use this harsh condition of the wilderness to prove his faithfulness. The land between and its hardships are meant to get them ready for the promised land. This question being asked through these difficult times, the question that I would ask to you today Is who is the source of life upon whom you will depend. For once they enter into the promised land, they will have distraction. They will have the independence. Yet dependence on God is vital. The desert is a training ground for dependence. The creator is saying, your creator is saying, I am sufficient. Turn to me. Trust me. I am providing myself as a capable provider. Are you and I allowing ourselves to be uh, disciplined, to be trained by the hardships we experience in the land between so that you and I can live in greater dependence of God? Our daily response determines who we will depend on in the future. Guys, today matters. The story of the Israelites, the story of Moses, it all begins with this question, will you trust me? I mentioned uh, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. See, they knew that God was faithful. The Israelites, they knew that God was faithful. A lot of you today know that God is faithful but they failed to apply this knowledge in their trying situation. In the wilderness, they encountered difficulty. They had this awesome opportunity to experience the goodness of God firsthand. But instead of cultivating the life of trust, they respond with perpetual grumbling and complaint. They respond with sin. Their spiritual endowment was being wasted. So how will you allow God's movement in the past to encourage obedience in the present? Point number three is our reaction. See, through the land between, uh, my prayer is that you come to uh, a realization that your reaction, that your response, that you come to this point that in the darkness of this awful season, that you would be crying out to God more than any other time in your life that you would be calling to him, pleading, opening your heart, pouring out your fears, and at the end of your emotional resources, facing a situation that is utterly out of your control, that you would, that you would realize that you have been relying on God more than ever before. 1 Peter uh, chapter 5, verse 7 says, Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Would you cast your care upon God? Would you throw your searing pain, your numbing anxiety to the Lord because he cares? He truly does. See, so the land between, it offers an opportunity for the greatest transformational growth of our life, but it also provides an opportunity for bitterness to grow and our faith to shrivel. You decide. My question to you is that, is there a, a, a conversation that needs to happen today? about your time in the land between? Is there a conversation about some of the weeds that maybe you have seen in a friend or a spouse that have grown? Can I encourage you to be honest with yourself and honest with those you're doing life with, whether your faith has flourished or perished during this time? For some of you, it's a conversation with a friend. Others, it's a spouse. Others, it's your entire family. And still others, it's a a conversation with God. God. For others in this room, you've been through these trying times, you've been through the land between, and you don't even know God. Can I encourage you just to have a conversation with a staff member, a Christian friend here today, or our prayer team that'll be right over to our side here, just about learning more about how God wants to be your provider. Would you guys pray with me? God, the land between, it has been a journey for a lot of us. It has been difficult for a lot of us. We have seen um, people step away from faith. We have seen people hurt and frustrated, God. And God, a lot of us have, have allowed weeds to grow or allow wounds to just be fresh for a long time. And God, could we just turn to you for, for all of us, Lord, would we look to you as our provider that through these difficult seasons of life that we would run to you that we would turn to you God would you be that good father would you be that provider in our life in your name we pray amen amen well thank you for joining us today guys you are dismissed we've got a prayer team right over here to the side